The book of Philippians, chapter 4, verses 1 to 9. So Philippians, chapter 4, starting at verse 1. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. I plead with you, O dear, and I plead with Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women, since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. It's such a pleasure to be celebrating with the Musino family this morning. Elijah is such a gift from God. What should we be praying for him as he grows up? What should we be praying for his parents and for his siblings? What should we all be aspiring to as we follow Christ together? Well, we're coming towards the end of our series in the book of Philippians. Philippians is a letter from the Apostle Paul, one of Jesus' spokesmen, to the church in Philippi, the first church to be founded on European soil, a church whom Paul loves and with whom he has a deep friendship. We've seen that rejoicing is a major theme in this letter. Not happiness, which is dependent upon circumstances, but joy, which is a fruit of the Holy Spirit, which God produces in us despite difficult circumstances. And there are difficult circumstances for the Philippian church. Paul, their founder, is in prison. Chapter 1, verse 29, it has been granted to the Philippians to suffer for Christ. They go through the same struggle as Paul. So persecution is becoming an issue for the Philippians. Nonetheless, the Philippians can rejoice. I don't know whether you've ever had this experience. Your parents are going away on holiday, 
and they leave you in charge of the family home. And you're thinking, great, I've got the house to myself for two weeks. I can do what I like. And then your mother gives you a checklist. Don't forget to put the bins out, to water the plants, to feed the cat, to clean the house, and no parties. That's what my mother was like anyway. The Apostle Paul gives us a checklist today in our Christian lives, in our relationships with God. Five instructions. Reconcile, rejoice, radiate, rely, and ruminate. Firstly then, reconcile, verse 1. Therefore, my brothers and sisters... In view of the fact that Christ is coming back to the earth to usher in the new creation, to give us new perfect bodies, you whom I love and long for, Paul loves the Philippians, he describes them as my joy and crown, they are Paul's crowning achievement, they're the source of Paul's joy, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. This is how you should stand firm. Reconcile, verse 2. I plead with Yodia and Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yodia and Syntyche have the dubious honour of being forever remembered for quarrelling. They weren't bad people, verse 3. Help these women since they've contended at my side in the cause of the gospel. They're included among Paul's co-workers. They're good people, gospel workers, colleagues of the Apostle Paul. And yet, they've quarreled over something. We don't know what. Quite possibly, the Philippian church knew all about this. Paul is at pains to plead that these two women are reconciled. I plead with Euodia, and I plead with Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Paul even asks for a respected church member to step in, verse 3. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women we don't know who this true companion is, but obviously he knows who he is. And he's to step in and help reconcile the women. These women should be reconciled to one another because they have been reconciled to God. They're numbered, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, with those whose names are in the book of life. The book of life is Bible language for a great register in heaven. It's a register of all those who've put their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the register of all those who've made Jesus their king. And so when we get to heaven... 
our names will be ticked off the list and we're allowed to go in. Euodia, Syntyche, the true companion, Clement, the co-workers, are all written in the book of life. They're all reconciled to God. Therefore, they must be reconciled to one another. Can I apply this to us? Are our names written in the book of life? Do you know that when you die and you come to the door of heaven, do you know that you'll be let in? Do you know for certain that you've been reconciled to God? And if you are reconciled to God, are you reconciled to all God's people? Reconcile. Secondly, rejoice. This only works if you are a Christian. Verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Paul is not saying, grin and bear it. Paul is assuming that a great event has taken place in our lives. We've stopped rebelling against God. We've bowed the knee to King Jesus. We've made him our Lord and God. And therefore, God has put his spirit in us. We're marked out as belonging to God because we have God's spirit. And therefore, we can rejoice in the Lord always. Has this happened to you? Is there a joy which bubbles up in your heart because you know the reality of Jesus in your life. James Guthrie, the covenanter and Christian martyr, woke up in the condemned cell on the morning of his execution. His servant was weeping, and he said, Stop that at once. This is the day the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is what Perpetua said when they took her out into the arena to be killed by the beasts. This is my day of coronation, she said. Perpetua was an early Christian martyr who was thrown to the lions. You can only rejoice like Guthrie or Perpetua if you know Jesus. If you do know him, does this kind of joy mark your life? Reconcile, rejoice. Thirdly, radiate. Radiate gentleness, verse 5. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. The world would say, if you're in a tight spot, fight your corner. The Apostle Paul says, 
Let your gentleness be evident to all. This can also be translated, let your reasonableness be evident to all. Gentle reasonableness. For many years, a large silver star adorned the top of the Church of the Nativity in Bethlehem. One day in the 1800s, the Roman Catholic Church, which shares a part of the building with the Greek Orthodox Church, decided to take down the silver star and replace it with their own star. But the Greek Orthodox Church refused to let them do that. The Greek Orthodox Church was supported by Russia, and the Roman Catholic Church was supported by France. But Turkey actually ruled over Palestine at that time. When Turkey sided with the Roman Catholic Church, Russia declared war on Turkey. France and Britain allied themselves with Turkey and fought what history calls the Crimean War, which lasted from 1853 to 1856. At the end of that war, the star came down. Church life can be like that. One silly offence leads to retaliation. And you get a Euodia and Syntyche situation. When there are conflicts, verse 5, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Because the Lord is near, we can put up with a lot. We can forgive a lot, can't we? We can love a lot, can't we? The Lord is near. The wonder of God's presence. What a wonderful thing. And the Lord's nearness puts everything in perspective. To be in his presence, to know his love for us personally, that makes everything worthwhile, doesn't it? Doesn't it make us replace aggression with gentleness and reasonableness? Reconcile, rejoice, radiate. And fourthly, rely. Rely on the Lord, verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. When we get anxious, that should be a prompt to pray. It's also a prompt to decide, I will not be anxious about anything. This is a huge issue in my life and in many people here today, I know. Do not be anxious about anything. I do feel anxious, you say. I know. 
We all get anxious. But what we have to do in every situation is to pray. By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So we decide, I'm not going to worry about this one. I'm going to pray about it. With thanksgiving, we should spend some moments thanking God for all his goodness to us, for Jesus, for our forgiveness, for the presence of the Spirit, for the hope of heaven, for all the good things God gives us. So we give thanks to God, and then we ask him for his help. We present our requests to God. We rely on God. We trust him. And when we do, verse 7, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The word for guard is a military term. It suggests a garrison of soldiers defending a town. In the same way, the peace of God guards our hearts and our minds. Satan can try and attack, but he can't get in when we're trusting and when we're praying. Our hearts are guarded, guarded by peace. This transcends all understanding. Very often we can't see how things will work out. But they will. They will turn out according to God's purpose. Our part is to rely on him. And then fifthly, ruminate. Sometimes ruminating can be a bad thing if we go down a hole and we allow ourselves to dwell on the negatives. Verses 8 and 9 are like Christian cognitive behavioral therapy. Cognitive behavioral therapy is a treatment for depression. And it's all about challenging negative thoughts and replacing them with true thoughts. In verse 8, we have the ultimate CBT the ultimate cognitive behavioral therapy. Learn to think like this. Learn to ruminate like this, verse 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Think about these things. Ruminate on these things. Don't dwell on negatives. Don't dwell in the place of despair. What is true in your situation? 
God is on the throne. That's true. Maybe the things you watch or read or look at on the internet are not noble or right or pure or lovely. Don't look at those unhelpful things. Don't give your mind to negative things. Don't ruminate on negatives. Think about these things. What is true? Is the way you're thinking actually true? Is it noble? Is it right? Is it pure? Is it lovely or excellent or praiseworthy? Think about good things. When I start to get depressed, I say to myself, what is the truth in this situation? God is on the throne. That's what's true. And then Paul ends by saying, verse 9, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. That's confidence. I am such a good example, Paul is saying. You can follow me. Follow my example. We do that by reading Paul's words in the Bible. And the God of peace will be with you. That's what we want for Elijah, that he will grow up knowing that the God of peace will be with him. What a wonderful treasure to know God the God of peace, with us and in us. Let's pray that for Elijah. Let's pray, pray that for one another. Let's remember the checklist. Reconcile, rejoice, radiate, rely, ruminate. Be reconciled to God and to one another. Rejoice in the Lord. Radiate gentleness. Rely on the Lord. Ruminate. Think about these wonderful truths. And so do not worry. If you'd like to know more about the Christian faith, we'll be running an Exploring Christianity course after Christmas. Do speak to one of us. If you're at all interested in coming along, you'd be very welcome indeed. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that even though we are hell-deserving, sinful people who've rebelled against you, thank you that you offer us reconciliation through the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for him and for his death on the cross 
to pay for all our sin. Father, grant us to be reconciled to you and to one another, and therefore to rejoice in the Lord, to radiate gentleness, to rely on you, to trust you completely, and to ruminate, to think about good things day by day, hour by hour. Lord, grant it to be true for each one of us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.